But I think also, as you're talking about you know, scenes where couples are, you know, definitely like ripping those clothes off and getting right to it. I think that there's a moment for those scenes. It comes back to the characters, where they are in the story, what's happening and what their motivation is for being intimate with each other in that moment. Welcome to Steam Scenes, the podcast about... Wait, hold on. Sure, sex is, well, sexy but it's also sassy, and it's silly, and it's fun. Hi, I'm El Greco, and I write steamy romance. On my podcast, Steam Scenes, I'm joined by my fellow romance authors for some explosive, (laughs) see what I did there? Conversations on writing all the naughty bits. Sit back, relax, and join us for some scintillating conversation on Steam Scenes. I am so stoked that Nina Crespo is joining me today. Nina lives in Florida where she indulges in her favorite passions, the beach, a good glass of wine, date night with her own real life hero, and dancing. Her lifelong addiction to romance began in her teens while on a borrowing spree in her older sister's bedroom where she discovered her first romance novel. Nina currently writes small town sexy to sizzling stories for Harlequin Harlequin romance and entangled publishing. Read her books and feed your own addiction for love, romance, and happily ever after. I agree wholeheartedly with that statement. (laughs) Nina, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I am really honored. Oh, I'm just excited to be here with you. I'm glad we were able to work it out and, you know, have a time to chat. So I'm excited. I know. And I appreciate because I know you were on a deadline. So I really appreciate the time, you know, taking the time to do this. Yeah, nice break. It's a nice break to just be able to talk to someone. <laughs> I know. Imagine having a conversation with someone instead of like your computer. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> someone who actually is going to answer back, yeah. not, you know, not a character, a real person. Yeah, sometimes because sometimes I do talk to my computer (laughs) and there's no response, which is fine. I mean, we need that. We we need no response. So I guess we'll just jump into the first question of when did you realize you wanted to become a writer? Wow. Um, I think, you know, because my bio is pretty accurate in terms of reading these books in my sister's bedroom, you know, from that I took from her bedroom. And then what would happen is that I wouldn't get a chance to always finish them. And so I would spend <laughs> like the night agonizing over in my head, like, well, what did these characters do? And what happened next? So I think that actually sparked the storyteller in me. And then over the years, um, just a love of reading and particularly a love of romance stayed with me. Right. And I'd always kind of had it in the back of my mind. It would be kind of fun to write one. It would be interesting to write one. And um, then one day, long story short, a friend called me on it and was like, well, why aren't you doing that? Why are you doing this thing that you're doing now instead of writing romance? And I didn't have a, a good answer. So I started writing the next week and I fell in love with it and I haven't stopped. Wow. So man, can I ask what you were doing that wasn't the wasn't writing romance before I, you started? I was in the health related field. I was I was okay. a solo entrepreneur in, in um the health industry. And so totally different than what I'm doing now. 
Yeah, no kidding. That is a big difference. And did you, so did you do it sort of concurrently, like at night you were writing your steamy books and doing your day job during the day or, or did you, or were you able to just sort of like let go of one and be able to focus on the other? I wasn't able to completely let go. I, I definitely right. still kept my day job because I had my own company at the time. Right. So I couldn't just kind of, you know, You're just like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Tell all you know my clients and be like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm I'm not I'm not going to be able to to help you anymore. I'm out. Um, so I, I I did just take some time to um, work my way into it, and I'm the type of person that I like to know how things work. So mm. I spent those early years actually working with um, a coach, a, a writer's coach, who I still work with today, Kathy Yardley. Um, really? Yeah. So I just spent time with her learning about how to write a romance, you know, the, the proper way, if you, if you can, you know, if I can say that, but just kind of not only about writing, but she's, she was, is, and was knowledgeable about the industry. And so she was okay. able to guide me in understanding the process of what I would have to go through in terms of, um, you know, submitting the book and, and what that experience would be like and, and just being my accountability partner to keep me going through um, the entire process. That's really cool. I, I'd heard about writing coaches like snippets here and there, and I don't think I've ever actually talked to somebody who's worked with one mm -hmm. and you've had a really good experience. Yeah. And actually I'm a writer's coach <laughs> in that I don't. Oh, hello. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, in that, in that, you know, and let me clarify, you know, a, a, there's a difference between a writing coach and a writer's coach. I do not um, work with writers in terms of how to write their books or critique their books. As a writer's coach, I'm there as a sounding board and again, an accountability partner that allows them to gain clarity about, you know, what they want for themselves in, the, in their careers, what they want for themselves in their writing so that they can continue to move forward. So I know how valuable that was for me with Kathy. And actually Kathy is more of a, I think a hybrid for me because we do brainstorm my stories and, okay. and talk about you know different aspects of that, but also just the sounding board piece. I think is is important because as we talked yeah. about, you can sit in front of your computer and you're you're alone and by yourself, uh, you know, trying to figure these things out, and and um, it can get pretty lonely sometimes. And, and so being able to have that sounding board, um, as I said, has been important for me. And if I can be that for someone else, then. Um, I think that's important too. Oh my God. Absolutely. I, now I sort of feel like I, like that might be the missing part for me right now. Like I'm sort of like in this place where, you know, we were talking about this a bit beforehand, like you've done four books mm -hmm. this year, you know, and I've actually done four books this year too. And you're, you got, you know, and I'm sort of going, okay, I did four books and th this is big for me. Like I'm COVID unemployed. Mm. So usually mm. it's like, I'm like a book every three years. Cause I still have a day job that's, you know, th that was pretty intense. And so, you know, to all of a sudden have this time to write and I've used it. Um, but now I'm sort of like, all right, four books. Damn. Now what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot. And, and from my perspective, I was not, I, I think, I guess, kind of like you, not expecting to do that much 
this year. And, you know, I had some things that kind of juggled some situations around in my life that ended up having this all pushed together and in a way that was not expected. And and so it it was a, it it was a a challenge. I don't know that I want to do four books in a year. Um, (laughs) It's like, I I don't think that's what I want because it, it just, it took a huge chunk of my life and it wasn't over a 12 month period. It ended up being like over a nine month period that I, that I had to, to do this. So um, not exactly the way that I would, it didn't happen in the way that I would want to do it. You know, if I could balance it out a bit better, then maybe I would tackle four books again. But coming at the tail end of it, it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's not do that again. <laughs> I think I need a breather. Well, what, um, are you a plotter or a pantser? Like, how, what is your process? Uh, I am a pantser who has learned over time <laughs> to plot certain pieces when necessary. You know, there, there just comes a point where, yes, I, I do have to sit down and actually figure out some things. But overall, I'm, I'm a pantser. I, I have a tendency to go where the story and the characters lead me. I was not expecting that answer. No? <laughs> Your books are so tight. Like, they're so tight. I was not expecting you to be a pantser. I was like ready for you to be like, I plot within an inch of my life. <laughs> I try. I mean, there are times. Here's the interesting thing because I have, uh, you know, some friends that that you know, fellow writers that I I've brainstormed with, and if you were to talk to them, they would tell you that I am a total plotter. Right. You know, because I've sat in our meetings and gone, well, this is how, you know, you might want to try to do it is, you know, do this, this and this. And (laughs) I do those things, but I think it ends up being more of of a a loose framework, if anything. Okay, it might be like a little jumping off point. But when I start a book, normally those first chapters are just. um you know, getting words on the page and, and, and the characters, like, well, what if the characters are in this situation? What if? And so those mm. first five to 10,000 words are very much that what if, and then if any plotting takes place, it's really after that point, which is probably a little, sounds a little weird and unwieldy, but you know, kind of works for me. Actually, that's not weird at all. That's pretty much how I handle my writing. I get an idea and I guess, I don't know if, you have like that same sort of like I'm knee jerk reaction where I'm like, I've got this idea and I've got to get it down now. And so I go for the first couple of chapters and then I have to stop myself and say, okay, hold, hold on. Now we need to plot this out a little bit. Yeah. We have to figure out where this is going (laughs) (laughs) because I get so excited. I just want to start writing, right? Like I want to, I want to do it now. I want to do it. And then I get, and then I do it and then I get stuck. Yeah. 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 Like I have a I have a thirty thousand word outline right now on a book oh. that I'm probably never gonna write. Oh, never. Because know. I, you know, I kept saying I kept saying, well, this is your outline. I was like kind of forcing myself to outline, and I said, well, you're gonna sit down and do an outline, and I ended up like writing part of the book, and I was and I kept saying, no, this is my outline, and next thing you know, it's thirty thousand words, and I'm like, that's a book, stupid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like no, that's a book. Kind of. <laughs> So, okay. So I'm very curious. You were digging, you're snatching books out of your sister's bedroom. I'm guessing she was older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was in college at the time. Okay. So you didn't 
you didn't go into a room and sneak out like a police procedural or like lit fiction or it was romance. Why? Was that all what she she read, or were you, or was it that that was where you're drawn? Like that was like, predominantly what was there. But okay. I have to say that it was just I think the whole happily ever after factor yeah. of things that it's like oh I'm going to read this book and there's going to be this wonderful ending <laughs> and, and the exciting <laughs> part was okay all of these endings are you know a little different you know happily ever after but how do they get there. And so right. I think that was the part that that really drew me in is that I knew um, that there was going to be this wonderful, nice payoff at the end of the story. I would love the happily ever after. And the journey to get to, or the happily for now, like the happy. Yeah. Like, you know, you're going to get to the happy, but you get to go through all this drama yes. before you get there. It's yes. pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> so do you remember the first the first romance you read? I do not. I mean, I, I just remember it being a Harlequin Presents. That's all I remember. Um, so, yeah. Okay. No idea. No idea. <laughs> I can barely remember the, the, you know, the last book I read last week or two weeks ago. I, you know, you're asking a lot. <laughs> hey, what was that first book? I have no idea. <laughs> so I know it is a big question. And some people remember, a lot of people remember what it was about or mm-hmm. rough sketch of the plot. So we have a lot of find that books moments yeah. on, on the podcast, which yeah. is kind of cool. Because some of them I'm like, I'd love to read that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can definitely, um, you know, I can definitely understand that aspect of it. I, I think the book that probably um, kind of really opened my eyes to some things and, and, oh gosh, I remember the title, but unfortunately the name of the person who um, wrote it escapes me, but it was um, The Color of um, oh, I know, Sandra Kitt, The, Co- the Color of Love. Okay. Um, you know, it, it was an interracial story. And as far as the, the exact details of it, 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 you know, I don't remember everything, but I just right. remember seeing that interracial cover, 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 couple on the cover and just being intrigued about, oh, okay, you know, this is interesting. And, and I think that book almost set the, the path for me when it came to writing interracial romance. Okay. Okay, cool. I'm going to look up that book because that sounds really good. (laughs) Okay. So what do you think? Now we're going to dive into the the naughty bits. What do you think makes a sex scene good? Oh, gosh. There are so many layers to it. I, I think, first of all, what makes a sex scene good is that it, fits the characters. You know, I, okay. I don't think that, uh, I think every, every couple is different. And so you're really writing it from the perspective of this couple, their relationship, and actually where they are in the relationship. I, I think that the sex scenes that are at the beginning of the book are going to be different than the ones that are at the end of the book, because they're at different, they're at a different point in their relationship. Right. And so I think that um, also is, is what makes a sex scene um, 
a wonderful thing because it's it's very much an integral part of the story and a, and a reflection of the couple and their relationship. I love how you're sort of you know bringing up that the the sex between the couple actually does change mm-hmm. throughout the course of the book, and it almost mirrors the well, of course, it mirrors the emotional trajectory that that the couple is going through. Absolutely, absolutely. Which I think. I don't, you know, I don't know, I I certainly don't consciously do it. And now I sort of go, oh, yeah, I should consciously do that because that's, that's actually really important because it is going to change. Yeah. First time sex is completely different from 20 year married sex. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, and and one's better than the other, but (laughs) there's there's going to be a difference. And, you know, and so like for me, I, you know, one of my favorite tropes happens to be, you know, the one night stand, the fling that turns into a thing. And so definitely, you know, that first fling when that couple gets together and they're not expecting it to be anything. It's it's just, you know, a night of fun, a night of passion, or or however they're perceiving it. That experience is definitely going to be different than what they experience at the end of the book. It has to be, because it, it's a reflection of that journey, like you said. Right. So, you know, being cognizant of that uh, in whatever the trope is, I, I think is, is part of um, what adds those, you know, the good stuff to the scene and makes it um, satisfying in reading um, it. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because I had a question, which was because you have so many tropes. Like you have you have your cowboys, you have your billionaires, you have your rock stars, and like, but your favorite trope is the is the one night stand. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just, I don't ask me why. I mean, it's it's just the one that I gravitate toward the most because I I just love that sense of, um, unex you know the unexpected, uh, uh, aspect of it. You know, from the characters' mm-hmm. perspectives, you know, they're not expecting this to turn into something, and then to be able to build that over time in the story that it does become something meaningful for these couples. I I just really. Um, enjoy that. Here's a wild question, and you can just be like, "Oh my God, stop!" No. Um, <laughs> do you think maybe because there are no expectations, we might bring our most authentic selves to a one night stand? Um, interesting question. I, don't know. I yeah, I mean, I think there could be. I think there's some logic to that, you know, because you know. If you're looking at it from the couple's perspective, they're thinking, hey, we're not going to see each other again. And right. so definitely they, you can dive all in. And so I think as, as an author, that's kind of the, the fun part of it as well, to be able to look at, um, you know, as you're saying, the authentic um, thoughts and wishes and, and things that are going on with that couple that they're able right. to go all in at that moment because there is no expectation um, afterwards. Right. So they can reveal them full, their, their full selves. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Oh, sorry. I went a little deep there on that. One. No, no. I mean, <laughs> you made me think and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of, you know, as I'm thinking through different, you know, books that I've written, it's like, yeah, I think that's kind of true. And, you know, as I'm thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, even just thinking about, you know, the last rule of makeups, 
mm-hmm. which we will be digging into. Um, and we've got, it's sort of a one night stand, but it's a one night stand between a couple that had a relationship beforehand. Yeah. And there was this sense in that their first time together of, well, I can just be me with this person and have this really great night because it was always explosive whenever we got together and there are going to be no strings and no expectations and I can go back to my life the way that it was. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the last rule of the last rule of makeups was actually a a twist for me that it does have that one night stand aspect, Mm -hmm. but it's the first romance that I've written between, you know, a, a reunited lover's romance, second chance romance. This is the first one I've ever written. So yeah. So wow. Okay. It was interesting to be able to come at it in the way that um, you just described, because I actually hadn't thought of it that way, that this is with this, you know, Corey and Gray, this couple, this is a one night stand with a couple that has been together before because they're not expecting anything beyond that. And, and they could be their, their authentic selves because there was that sense of, of um, comfort of being together, that understanding that they um, had with each other in the past and still were experiencing at the start of this story. And so, um, yeah, definitely. I can see all of that. Yeah. So because with these tropes, you, like I said, you have your cowboys, your bosses, billionaires, rock stars. I'm probably missing a bunch because you have a lot of books out there. What, like, how, do you, how do you transition? How do you research? Um, you know, cowboys are very different from rock stars, or are they? Or are they? Yeah, so I was, that's something that really fascinated me with like how how diverse just the, the themes were in, in what you were working with. Yeah. Um, well, the interesting thing with the, the books with, with Harlequin that are more small town romance and did involve or does involve, I should say, um, a family of, of cowboys and cowgirls, that was very unexpected in, in that it, it actually, well, gosh, how do I, how do I explain? Um, I had come across an article in, I want to say, Variety. I don't remember where I was kind of scrolling around online, probably during a time when I shouldn't have been scrolling online, but I was. Yeah. <laughs> and, and came across this article about these women who are, are cowgirls, uh, African-American women who are cowgirls in Maryland. And, and I read it and, and they had this beautiful photo spread. And I was like, oh, isn't this interesting? And then about a month later, as my agent and I are, um, you know, putting together proposals and, and shopping them to um, different places, she came back and said, well, you know, an editor mentioned that they ha- didn't see a lot about uh, African-American cowgirls and, cow- you know, do you think that would be something you might want to write? <laughs> and so I, in my mind, I thought, well, maybe it's a sign. Let, let, let's go ahead and explore that. So I went ahead and, and, and took that on and just loved it in terms of um, digging into the research and just exploring that whole aspect of African-American cowgirls, African-American cowboys. A lot of the times people think of it in terms of the past 
of what Mm -hmm. used to be there, but there is this thriving, rich, wonderful culture that is, is here, you know, still has been here for years. And so just being able to, to get a glimpse of that and, and put that into the series was a wonderful thing to do. Um, and so in, in contrast, you know, as you say, well, how do you, how do you move from that? Um, I don't know that I really have a definitive answer because it, it, it just kind of happened. Uh, you know, it just did, you know, to say, well, we're going to write about this. And then there's the Hollywood aspect of it. And so being able to find someone who could talk me through that. And then with the Breakup Bash series, which is part of the last rule of makeups, uh, the last rule of makeups, we have a DJ. And so right. I said, well, I, I kind of need to talk to someone about that. Right. And so I was able to find um, a DJ by the name of, um, you know, David Michael. He, he has the, the passionate DJ. Um, podcast and website, and he was very generous with his time to to talk to me about these things. So um, for me, it was fun to be able right. to kind of inhabit these different spaces, and and I always love to learn. So for me, I think that's the catalyst is the opportunity to learn about something new. It propels me and and awesome. just kind of gives me the the courage to just jump in and do it. I, lo- I absolutely love it. By the way, just um, you sort of aside, do you know um, the jazz artist Alan Harris? Mm, that's not ringing any bells. Oh, he wrote this really wonderful um, musical called Cross That River, which I actually worked on um, when it was in New York uh, a few years ago. Um, and it's all about like celebrating black cowboys. Oh. And he did a whole lot of research. And, you know, I mean, his he's looking at it from the musicals, looking at it from a historical sp- perspective. Yeah. But it was um, really pretty fascinating mm-hmm. um, to the, all with the historical fact that he wove in. And it was a really great, beautiful mm. piece. And his his music is just fabulous. I mean, if you if you like jazz, Alan's great. <laughs> you have to go look that up now. Yeah, yeah. It's all across that river. It's so good, so so good. So yeah, it was a fun show to work on. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So just a fun little aside. Who? Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So the the process, your process for writing the steamy scene. Do you have one? Do you just sit down and do it like you're writing about, you know, the character's day at work? Do you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. is there is there something, is, is it, you know, is it easy for you to just kind of like, oh, okay, I'm writing the steamy scene now, or do you need a minute? <laughs> I, ha- I have to like almost fall down laughing in the sense of, is it easy? Um, actually, <laughs> I, I thought about this. And the funny, you know, what what is funny to me, just, you know, with my writing in general, is when I first started and, and kind of didn't know any better, then, yeah, you know, just sitting down and just writing these scenes, it was it was no big deal. But now I probably, you know, do spend a little more time in my head with these mm. stories. And so they're, you know, with the sex scenes, and they're not necessarily as, as easy as they used to be. Um, because and in all honesty, because I am more conscious of the things that we just talked about in terms of the characters and where they are at this point in the story. So I do have to, um, I do think about it a little bit before I write them. So I may skip over that part of the story and come back to it 
when I'm in uh, a frame of mind to write it, when I can really focus in on it. So you will do like that sort of insert sex scene here and then move on. Yeah, yeah. Until you're ready. Yeah, or it just might be a very bare bones um, type of sex scene. And then I'll go back in and add the necessary layers. And sometimes, particularly if it's at the beginning of the book, I may need a little, uh, a minute to get to know these characters a little better (laughs) so that I can go back and, and put those layers in based on the characters. Oh, this is like life affirming. Is it? <laughs> I have no idea. Because I'm like, am I making any sense here? My mind is like rambling on. It's like, yeah, whatever. Just write it. What do you yeah, mean? This is absolutely life affirming. Because um, <laughs> I struggle. I I struggle. You know, and I've my regular listeners are going to be like, oh, shut up. Um, when I write urban fantasy as well, and that's actually what I started with, and I can just plow through a, a fight scene, like nothing. Yeah. 2,000 word fight scene, I'm done with that in 10 minutes. Like I am, okay, maybe not that, but I'm I'm really quick. But then when I'm doing the intimate scenes, mm-hmm. it is like it is like torture. It is like tooth extraction. Mm. It is like, oh God, you know, like all of these feelings, you know, <laughs> I've got to get out all these feelings and yeah. feelings are hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not only that, I mean, I think that, that there's a pacing to them Yes, that, that you, you have to get right. Or from my perspective is you've got to get this right. And so, you know, a lot of that time for me is spent in, in trying to iron out um, the pacing of, of what's happening in that moment and just making sure, you know, that we don't end up with, with, you know, like an elbow in, in a place that it doesn't belong because we've gotten, you know, the, the couple's doing all these things and, you know, you know, is it realistic in terms of where they are? Could this happen? Uh, just being aware of all of those things. That's, yeah, that's, that you know, it's so funny that you bring up the pacing because we are going to be talking about that when we dig into your scene because your pacing in this scene was exquisite. I mean, like just exquisite. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh my God, oh, this is so good. <laughs> this is so good. And like, okay, I wouldn't call this a slow burn romance, but it was like this slow burn scene, I guess. Like that that was how, like I kept going slow burn. And then I'd be like, no, it's not a slow burn because they have sex. It's like the first like two chapters, these two are having sex, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so it's not, it's not a slow burn, but, but the, but the pacing of the scene gave it that slow burn quality that mm-hmm. we love so much, oh. you know, it was really amazing. Oh, <laughs> so we're, we might as well just dig into it. But before we do, I want, I wanted to sort of, um, would love you to sort of talk a little bit about the series, because I, I thought the idea of the breakup bash was completely inspired. Is this a real thing? In, in terms of women celebrating their breakups, yes. That, and like, that's, what in, that's what inspired it. I, I, again, was probably scrolling through the internet when I should have been doing something else. <laughs> Came across a story about um, a woman who had experienced a divorce and then had a party with her friends. It was the like the unbachelorette party. So they did all of these things, but in celebration of the divorce. And so they had, they had brought in 
um, a male dancer for her. And she ended up having a relationship with this male dancer for a period of time after this party. So that just kicked off uh, a, a research I don't know, a research moment for me. And <laughs> what is this? And, and, and so finding like more examples of this and, you know, you go on Pinterest and there's like a, a whole thing of decorations just for this type of party. No and, way! Yes, cakes are decorated this way and that. Yeah, so it's, it, it's you know, it was a, it's a real thing. And so I decided why not write a series about that? Oh my God. Cause, and the, the story with the dancer, that was one of the books, right? That yeah. was book one. First book, book one was yeah. it the first book. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I love that. Cause I was like, Oh, this is kind of a fun idea. Breakup bash. Okay. Wait, is that a real thing? Yeah. <laughs> now I don't know if, every, if anyone has thrown a big party in terms of, you know, what these characters, um, you know, attended, but as far as people having their own parties, yeah, it was like it was like in this book, the last rule of make rule of makeups. It seemed like they had like a whole like club dedicated to like just this breakup bash. Like it was like a it was like a Tuesday night. Like you know you have like a ladies' night or you have whatever those yeah, nights are, and one of them is going to be breakup bash yeah, night. It was, a, it was a private party where yeah. some divorced women got together and said, "Okay, we want to have a private party," and they hosted it at uh, Club Escapade, which is the club in the book. So that's you know, how I perceived it to be that somebody said, Hey, we're going to celebrate this not only with ourselves, but a bunch of people. And they rented out a room and that's what they did. That is so awesome. So awesome. So the last rule of makeups, can you set this book, uh, set this up for us um, or set the scene up for us? I should say not the whole book. Okay. Um, Well, the, the scene that I, I handed to you and I have to think because I've handed a couple of scenes, but this particular scene, it's, it's the first time that yes. they get back together as a couple in an intimate way. Right. And from the heroine's perspective, she's been through a lot. She's accidentally run or unexpectedly run into her ex ex-boyfriend who was someone that she loved and, it just didn't work out seven years ago. And so from her perspective, it's like, why not have one night of just being able to let myself go to feel good and to be with this person that I know that I am, can be safe with, right? That, that I can just have this moment and enjoy it. And so from his perspective, he has never forgotten Corey. The couple's name is Gray and Corey. So Gray, um, never forgot Corey. She hasn't been far from his mind. And, and when he sees her, all of the old feelings and that never went away are still there. And so that first moment of being together is, um, in my mind, because you asked me to, you know, pick your favorite scene from the book, right? Um, as far as an intimate scene. And that is, is my favorite of these two people being able to come back together and just have this wonderful, comfortable, sexy, satisfying uh, experience together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
we should say, I, I want to add that Corey and Gray run into each other while Corey is at her own breakup bash celebrating yes. Yes. the breakup of the longtime boyfriend. Yes. I, should have, I should have added that. Yes. She and her friends are at, yeah. at this party that we've been talking about. And she, um, while she's at the party, she runs into Gray who yeah. is um, a DJ and, and he happens to be there just visiting his friend who's DJing in the main part of the club. And, and when they run into each other, um, things just unfold in unexpected ways that bring them together. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say, like, if the, if they if they didn't continue the relationship, which of course they do, it's a romance. I still felt like this moment between them was like so beautiful and perfect and could have just bookended a really great, Oh God, thank you. I needed this night. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that was sort of like what I was, I was sort of like, if they both went away, like I would be bummed out because I think that they would be really great together, but I can see that as a, you know, hug in the morning. Like it was really Mm -hmm. great to reconnect and, Mm -hmm. you know, let's stay in touch kind of thing, you know, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. And, And that's, um, you know, the way that you describe it, that's that's the way that I imagined it um, from the character's perspective. That, that's what they were thinking. Mm, and that's exactly what, what I got from it, too. So it was perfect. It was, it was amazing. Okay. So I do want to say it was really hard for me to pull excerpts from this scene because I was basically, like, clutching my heart the whole time. Oh, I was like, I was like, I'll just read the whole damn thing, but I can't do that um, in the interest of time. And also, I mean, I know some people don't like to hear their stuff read out loud. I don't want to do that to you either. Um, it's okay. Know, I've had to read it out loud lately. So it's like, no, just go in. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> this is the last rule of makeups. He steered her to an apartment to the left that was almost to the end of the hall and opened the door. As soon as it shut behind him, he backed her up against it and kissed her. A moment later, they broke apart. He reached to the wall beside her and flipped the light switch. Track lighting in the ceiling illuminated a sunken living room with a steel blue U-shaped sectional and dark wood furniture. Gray stared down at her. His gaze reflected what she felt, urgency and need. Still, he took a long breath and closed his eyes a moment. Corey, you and me together like this, is this what you want? As he studied her face, she saw a concern as if he sensed something was wrong in her life. Did he still know her so well? The realization was comforting and unnerving. What did she want? For one night, for a short while, she just wanted to give, to take, to own her pleasure without worrying about anything else. Doing that with a guy she'd just met would have been impossible, but she'd always felt safe with Gray. She still did. He'd never broken her heart. Corey slid her hand down and cupped his cock. Just for tonight, I can do that. Gray led her down the beige carpeted hall to the left to a bedroom at the end of it. Moonlight shone through the window onto a king-size bed against the wall. She laid her clutch on the nearest side table. Coming up behind her, he brushed slow kisses down her neck as he unzipped her dress. Imagining you out of this has been distracting me all night. Okay. There's such buildup here. They haven't even really done anything. Like, like, I mean, like nothing's really happened. And I'm all like, Ooh, I need some water. I, 
sorry. I know. This is, you know, the nervous laughter. It's like, oh, okay. But it's true. I mean, I was like, I was like, oh my, oh my God, they haven't like, like I read, I actually read this a couple of times because I kept going, are you missing something? Because this is like, I keep getting, like, this is so, uh, and this goes back to, right, the pacing. Like, I'm like, I am so melty here. And nothing has really sort of happened between them to sort to kind of go, ooh. But yet, you know, it's like it's like the 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 clutch going to the side table. That like there there are all of these like, you know, flipping the light switch, leading into the like there are all these sort of like short little moments that each one is 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 almost um Oh shit! The word just ex- like escaped from my brain. Oh, foreplay. <laughs> Duh. It's it's like it's almost foreplay. Like something as simple as turning on a light, putting down a clutch. Like the way that this is written, it feels like foreplay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Now that you put it that way, I mean, I think I think all of those moments go into um, an intimate scene. It's it's just mm. not the act itself. It's it's right. all of those things that lead up to it. And it's also the things that that happen afterwards. It's it's all part of it. Um yeah. I, I Yeah, like I'm beginning to sort of say, okay, like I slow myself down as a writer or you know, whether consciously or unconsciously slow myself down when I get to the naughty bits, but maybe mm-hmm. I actually need to slow down in those moments leading into the naughty bits, mm. you know, because that will just build even more, I guess, suspense. I mean, it's like, you're not even writing a suspense thriller over here, but there is such <laughs> suspense and like, Oh my God, <laughs> her dress. Yeah. <laughs> and I can just see it. Like I can just see it, yeah. you know, that, that sort of slow zipper comes down and you can almost feel it against your own back you Mm -hmm. know when you're sort of like you know that into the moment with Mm -hmm. characters Mm -hmm. so and I and I think I imagine with these with this couple I I don't know for some reason that and now you know now that I've heard you read it and now that I've heard you explain it I want to go back and look at the other scenes and go hey you know with these other books what's what's that there but um, (laughs) I I think with this couple it, it it was even more Im- important to have that there because mm. for them, it wasn't just, again, the act. It was the right. whole essence of, of being together, of, of, of having that experience of how they feel with each other. Right. And that kind of like their history even though we don't really know much about it at this point, because this is super early on in the book, like we don't really have too much of their history, but you can just feel it all in this scene, mm. that history, which is like, you know, really, I, I, I mean, exquisite. I've said it before. I'll say oh, it again. Well, exquisite. Thank you. <laughs> it, it makes me, that, that makes me feel, you know, really, really, really great. Then okay. Well, I, you should. I did that part right. I did that part right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) There's more, but wait, there's more. Stepping out of the dress that puddled at her feet, she faced him. Now it's my turn. I've been imagining you two without the shirt. Gray cocked his brow. Just without the shirt? He dragged his shirt up and over his head. Oh my God, Gray, yes. The view made her pause. Wow. She had been right 
Koi ran her hands over his solid chest and defined abs. Was he this hard all over? As she dipped low on his abdomen, grooves of definition carved deeper under her fingertips with his intake of breath. He halted the exploration, crushing her against him and capturing her mouth in a heated kiss. She needed him now. Corey took her mouth from his. She fumbled with the button on his jeans. Once she got it open, she went for a zipper. But Gray took hold of her hands. He tipped up her chin and whispered, we've got all night. Let me see you first. Blue's my favorite color. Oh my God, we're still not there yet. (laughs) This is so steamy and intimate. And we're still not there. I mean, like, basically, I have a note. You have elevated removing clothes to an art form. And yes, you have. It's amazing. Well, isn't that part of the experience? It absolutely (laughs) is. Isn't that part of it? But this is like, but this is so, like, again, it's like the pacing and the patience that you had with it. I mean, that is like, I was like, Oh my God, there's skill right here. That is, that is such skill. <laughs> I have the patience with it. Well, yeah. I, I mean, and I think, I think with, as we're talking about, well, are love scenes easy to write? I, I think mm. part of it is, you know, when I say, okay, I have to skip this and come back, is that sense of, needing you know wanting to be patient with it wanting to be very patient with it and you know having a a wonderful editor as well you know who's who's able to kind of look at that and and say okay um and be able to just kind of help bring that awareness factor of is this just kind of moving too fast Are, are we getting enough of you know, the understanding of these characters together. Because, um, right. I mean, it's interesting as I, as I think about it, even as I say it, I, um, the, one of the beginning uh, versions of this, the editor came back and was like, you know, I, I guess she just really wasn't feeling the intimacy that we're talking about. She's like, yeah, there's just a lot of sex in this book. I think, you know, we need to... <laughs> And that's a problem, you know, but it was like, oh, there is a sex. We need, you know, we need more. And, and so if, if that probably, a lot of that, um, or I would probably say that attention to detail piece came, part of it came from that comment from my editor of that I really did need to take my time um, in, in writing these scenes and with this couple. So to sort of like pull back a little bit mm-hmm. and slow down the, the, because I do think that sort of like, you know, I know my immediate impulse is rip their clothes off and get to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't think that I trust myself. I think that's a trust thing, right. And trust in yourself as the writer to be able to give the readers what they want, mm-hmm. which is not, maybe not sex, although yeah, it is, but it, but more of that unfolding of the intimate moment. Mm-hmm. And and but I think also as you're talking about you know scenes where couples are you know definitely like ripping those clothes off and getting right to it. I think right. that there's a moment for those scenes. It comes back right. to the characters, where they are in the story, mm. what's happening, and what their motivation is for being intimate with each other in that moment. 
and, and, you know, being able to just rip off the clothes and get right to it might be the right thing for that couple at that time, depending on what you're writing. How do you get into their heads? Because you do do dual mm. pers- perspective. So, you know, we'll jump, you know, at one point it, it turns to Gray's perspective because right now we're with Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just kind of curious how you get into their heads. Hmm. I guess I'm always looking at it or I try to look at it from the standpoint of who has, who has the, you know, who has the most to lose, Mm -hmm. who, who is most vulnerable at a particular point in time, I think dictates the scene, you know, who's feeling the most vulnerable in that moment, who's feeling the most in terms of emotion, who's feeling, who's taking the, the, the risk, right? Who's thinking that they're taking the greater risk. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And so that I think helps me get into the mindset of the character in that moment and, and what to write. Yeah. Okay. One more little bit. As if in a trance, Gray cupped her blue lace covered breasts. He feathered his thumbs over the peaks and her nipples tightened as desire pooled inside of her. The confines of her bra grew unbearable as he traced a leisurely path to the front clip holding the thin triangles together. The soft graze of his fingers made her breath hitch as he opened it, revealing her heavy breasts. He slid the straps from her shoulders and the lace bra fell to the floor. His His gaze traveled down and back up again and he released an unsteady breath. You're even more beautiful than I remembered. Oh, love him. We all need a gray in our lives. <laughs> I just need to record you like reading this and just put this, put this on my website. That, that would be the perfect excerpt, you know, just, just have, you know, you reading that. And, and I'm sure I would just sell tons of books just on that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Holy crap. And, you know, and, and this is where we were, we were talking about this earlier too. Okay. Like this scene isn't over. Yeah. This scene continues and it gets even steamier. Like it get like, like they have, they have, they have sex. They have gorgeous, beautiful, amazing sex. Yeah. Um, and you had said you were, you weren't sure if you wanted to send me this scene or the one that comes right after this, which is them when they get down to do it, right. which is absolutely, I mean, just as good as the build up to to their moment together. So I'm curious what made you decide on this versus the one that was, I mean, more explicit, let's say. I, I don't know. I, I think, okay. well... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was like, well, is it too explicit? You know, is it, is it okay to send this or, or not? And, and so I think that probably went, went into the thinking. Okay. And also, um, having read the, the second part of that a couple of times, um, I, I was like, because I had read it, I won't say where, but I had read it and people enjoyed it. But I could also kind of see the eyes kind of going, oh, you know, and I, and I was wondering, like, oh, you know, was this 
okay for this this moment. And so I am very kind of conscious of, um, I don't know what I'm saying. I, I really don't. I guess I guess I, I was just, you know, concerned. Well, you know, is it going to be too much or not enough? Or, you know, because of the wording, is it okay to have these words in there? Is it, is it not? So I just wanted to go kind of middle road, if you will. Oh, we say all sorts of dirty things. <laughs> <laughs> yelled out the c word like yeah i mean <laughs> no problem <laughs> we don't care we don't mind the dirty bit at all, at yeah. all. yeah like, could you imagine like like you know a quilting circle in your reading mm-hmm. like, <laughs> <laughs> where you're like well i had to read that part out once and i'm like oh is she a quilting yeah. circle yeah but also, too, you know, as, as I think about, you know, as we've been talking about, uh, you know, writing sex scenes, yeah. you know, th- that piece it, to me is is just such an integral part. I almost feel like if you don't yeah. know that part, then the second part may not, I won't say it doesn't make sense, but you kind of miss out on something. If you're not reading, if you don't have an opportunity to read that second or that first part. And the other thing that came yeah. to mind was length. I was like, well, she doesn't have all day. So, I, you know, I, I, give her, I give her a six page sex scene. You know, what's, what's she going to do with that? So let me just pick the piece. And then, you know, from there, it's like, oh, OK, we understand what's going on. And, and, and you know, OK, let's dive deeper into it. So yeah. that's also part of it as well. I, I think that, right. that that moment for them is just as important or even more important than the act itself. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Although I have to say, I think I maybe didn't read 10 lines from your excerpt. I was like, I can't read the whole thing, but I'll read most of it. Because <laughs> like, it was so damn good. But yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that, um, you know, I, it would have... Having, you know, if I had had all of it, right... To, to read from, I would I would have definitely included this beginning bit because it does lead so nicely. And it's not that it wouldn't have made sense, but I do think that it it just elevated it to a whole different level of of passion mm-hmm. um, that that I think uh, you probably would have missed if if you just like jumped to the deed itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, whew, that was beautiful. God, it's gorgeous. So, um. I do know, like, you have just released a whole bunch of um, cowboy books, yeah, which we did not read. Um, so it was uh, in your Cowboys Claim, uh, no, Tilbridge Stable. Yes. Tilbridge Stable series. Cowboys Claim is the first book. Her Sweet Sem- Temptation is book two, which, like, just, like, recently came out October, correct? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And then the Cowgirls Surprise Match comes uh, the 1st of February. Yes. So, um... So can you just tell us a little bit about uh, about that one? Because this will probably air around the time that your book uh, your book will be coming out. Uh, the Cowgirl Surprise Match? Yeah. Um, the, the Cowgirl Surprise Match, as you said, is the third book in the Tilbridge series. And this involves um, one of the sisters in uh, the, the sister of one of the characters, I should say, and the cousin of another. And okay. she, up until this point, Point has experienced a lot of responsibility in terms of keeping the family enterprise going, which is a horse stable. And so um, she has not had the opportunity to really experience 
um, love to have the experience or the luxury of exploring what makes her happy and her own pleasure, so to speak. Mm. And so in this story, she, she's actually taking on planning her cousin's wedding because um, the cousin is marrying a celebrity and because of her status, it makes it hard for them to plan this wedding. She, and they don't want it to become this celebrity frenzy, if you will. So right. she's secretly helping them plan the wedding. And the person that she's planning the wedding with um, is someone that has noticed her in terms of, oh, this is a pretty interesting person that I would like to get to know. He's a little bit younger than her. So she's never looked at him um, in that way before he's always been like the cousin's friend uh yeah. some of it she used to tutor when he was in high school <laughs> and so here's an opportunity for them to get together and planning this wedding and and as the tagline says it's a sweet charade that takes an unexpected turn as they pretend to be the ones who are planning the wedding and they're not and as they um they're not getting married. And as they go through this experience of planning the wedding together, they fall in love. So there's a, there's a sweetness to it, but also it was fun to dive into this character who up until this point, as I said, has not had an opportunity to really indulge in her own happiness and just watching her have an opportunity to do that with someone who is compassionate and understanding and, and very much wanting and understanding um, her was just um yeah it was fun it was fun to write cool and so her cousin is that the character that's a character from her sweet temptation the 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 cousin is actually the hero in the cowboy's claim in the cowboy okay yeah. all right okay, and her sorry, sister yeah. is in the second book in the her second sweet one. temptation her sweet okay got yeah. it got it so there's some family drama in this in in terms of uh you know both of them or all of them have in, have inherited this horse stable from their parents. And there's been some questions about, um, you know, who's been loyal to the stable and who hasn't and oh, wow. some, some drama that has happened in the past that has influenced their relationships. So yeah. So there's a, there's some fun family saga drama woven in there as well. Well, I hope the TV executives are listening because this would make a great Netflix series. <laughs> <laughs> One would hope. <laughs> So come on, TV people, get on this because this would be a fabulous series. You know, I I love and one of the one of the things that was sort of unexpected for me, um, writing rock star romances, and I hadn't even honestly thought about it was how was how unusual I guess it is to have the female characters be the career focused musicians or you know obviously i'm branching out from that too but you know the first three books are are these sisters and they're all they're in a band together and they're the musicians i like it you know and so and i feel like you've got the same thing going on here with the cowboy you know because most of the that sort of you know western romance i guess you could call call it or cowboy romance is a cowboy romance and they're not looking at cowgirls and you know particularly not african-american cowgirls and i love that there was a history of that in addition to the african-american cowboys to sort of dig into yeah yeah and 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 you know with these books uh, i've just kind of scratched the surface of it there's definitely more that that could be 
um, put on the page in, in terms of um, their experiences and, and yeah. how that works. And so for me, just wanting to put a, a realistic family on the page. Yes, you know, we've got, we've got, you know, a little bit of the, of the, of the soapy drama aspect of it in some things, but mm. just being able to realistically put people on the page, living their lives, uh, you know, uh, falling in love. Yeah. I just felt that that was important to put on the page as well. Yeah. Well, I think the whole takeaway from this is procrastination is good. The Google rabbit hole is awesome. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's a very productive aspect of it. Don't knock it. Don't judge so, me. So, like, the next time y'all beat yourself up for <laughs> sitting on Google for too many hours, think of Nina and all her phenomenal books that came out of, like, just, like, uh, you know, the Google rabbit hole, really. Yeah. Yeah. Nina, where can we find you on the internet? Oh gosh, you can definitely find uh, uh, on my website, ninacrespo.com, of course. I'm also, um, Instagram is, is my happy place. So you can mm -hmm. definitely find me there. Um, but I'm on all the, the social media, um, you know, places, Twitter, Facebook, you can find me there as well. Well, I will have links in the show notes to all of these as well as to um, to the books in, in the series. So thank you so much for doing this. It has been such a pleasure and an honor to have you with me today. Thank you. Thank you. I've, I've enjoyed talking to you. This was a nice way to end the week. I, I, I really appreciate talking to you. Anytime you want to come back, I am all ears. I would love to have you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Nina. Thank you. Take care. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Sign up to get email alerts when a new one goes live at lgreco.rocks. And don't forget to five-star us on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you next time.